Check, check. Test, test. The timer? Oh, yeah. Hey yo, I'm CK and you're listening to Practice. I'm your functional systems integrator, and this is my podcast where practice is not just the theme of the show, but the whole purpose behind it. What started out as a practice of podcasting, as well as speaking in general, has evolved into a practice of self-coaching and self-reflection, while espousing half-thoughts and providing unsolicited advice. As always, I'm fortunate to be joined by my practice partner and partner in life, Pam. Hey, that's me. Pam is also my Pattern Awareness Manager, and every Sunday we reflect on our past week and my progress with this practice, along with other lifestyle practices, as well as theories and ideas behind the virtues of practice itself. We're doing this on the fly, and our dialogue here is unedited, so don't hold me responsible for what we say here. Make sure to check out my show notes, where I'll provide some fact-checking, self-psychoanalysis, and commentary on things I could have done better. You may find this and more information about this project at forcesofequal.com slash practice. We're recording today on January 17th, 2021, and this is practice session number 47. And I'm going to give Pam a choice here Mm. because I guess before I even ask you i'm not even sure if i'm ready for this yet because this all kind of came up as i was thinking about this episode just before we're getting started but would you like me to introduce yet another new segment where we kind of start out our session here with a creative exercise Mm -hmm. or we could hold it off until next week i'm down for creative exercises okay so (laughs) What we're going to do here is each of us is going to name an object and the other person will try to come up with things that you can use that object for or what other uses that that object could be used for. And it could be like typical use or creative use or just whatever you come up with. And I think we should limit this exercise to say like 10 seconds. I know that's not a lot of time, but we don't want to keep this long and we just kind of want to get our minds firing. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm, I'm already getting a little anxious as I'm describing this because it's probably going to be pretty difficult and uh-huh. we might not come up with anything but i mean it's an exercise so it's like the like call-in shows like on the radio you can call in and win something if you can answer like give five examples of a like a car make and manufacturer or something right. within 10 seconds and everybody blows it because <laughs> yeah, of the, exactly. the time limit yeah totally so because i'm kind of springing this on you do you want to come up with an object first for me to riff off of? Um, well, how how hard do you want the object to be? Do you want me to go with something like... I mean, this is our first one, so let's, okay. I mean, let's start off fairly simple. I mean, you can throw... No. 
I'll, I'll give you I, I, the first thing that. Well, the second thing. That well, came hold on. First, before okay. you say anything, uh, were you going to say the object? Well, no, okay. not yet. Not until you tell me to. I was going to say okay. the first thing that came to mind when you told me the game was a pine tree, and then you started explaining the game, and I was like, well, a pine tree is something that can technically be used for like literally anything made out of wood. So right, but not still, using that. I mean, in that sense, it's still a good exercise within ten seconds to come up with all That's true. different things. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it, it, that would have been fine in my mind. Okay. So. This comes from something called the alternative uses test, or I'm not sure what. Um, sorry, I'm a little distracted. Something's rattling in the studio here. Mm. Can you hear it over there? Mm-mm. Okay. I think closet door is shaking a little bit. Our so. neighbors are probably gaming and shaking the yeah. wall. Yeah, let me see. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can Really entertaining radio here. So apologize for this. Okay. Were you saying something? I was just commenting about how this is really entertaining radio. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I think that fixed it. Okay, so let's see. Do you have a timer you can use? Um, I guess. Got a yeah. million clocks here, right? Yep. So we'll do 10 <laughs> seconds. And I don't know. Do we want to keep little notes of what we say or what we come up with? Um, okay. Like, like jot down. Okay. I will try and jot down your ideas and time you at the same time. Okay. So, yeah, whenever you're ready. Oh, my God, I'm so anxious now. <laughs> I don't know how to. Okay, set this to 10 seconds. I'm going to, well, okay, so I'm going to set it to 13 so that I have time to give you the the thing and then. Okay. Okay, ready? Yep. Mason jar. Mason jar could be used as a cup, as a percussion instrument as a step time <laughs> as, oh, I was going to say like a foam roller kind of thing dealy <laughs> was that your that was the time? timer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got cup instrument and step yeah I'm not sure about step that one's <laughs> it's pretty of, sketchy like, I mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> cup was easy Percussion. Yes. I mean, I could use anything as a percussion instrument, but yep. <laughs> and what was my last one before or right after the bell? Oh, like a soft tissue massager. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little sketchy too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was fun. I did a little better than I thought I would. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm not sure what, how, like how we're gonna evaluate this or if we're even competing. <laughs> Or I don't think we're I guess we, yeah, we could just provide commentary <laughs> or whatever we feel like at the moment. So, are you ready? Are you are you running a timer for me, or do I have to time? No, myself? I'll time you. And okay. I'll also take notes for you. you know, I, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I'm gonna say a roll of duct tape. 
A roll of duct tape could be used as a toy. It could be used as a doorstop. It could be used as a buffer behind the door. It could be used as a bracelet. Time. It could. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> doorstop, pretty much anything. Yeah, I, I was enough. actually, I don't think it's heavy enough to really be a good doorstop, but. Yeah, I guess it depends on the door. <laughs> Although I guess you could tape in the door you could so that was that one's an interesting one because if you told me duct tape you would have used the tape itself yeah i'm not sure like would i have used yeah. just like the object as it is or actually use the object as you can use it so. i took half a second to consider that and then yeah. it was just like nope no time for wondering just go with whatever comes to mind nice nice yeah so i kind of threw a wrench in your object there <laughs> So, yeah, that was fun. Do you have any commentary? Uh, no, it's just a, a terrible bracelet, but... <laughs> but it works. I mean... <laughs> you could. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. I don't know if I've come up with a name for that segment yet, but I think that might be something fun we could do moving <laughs> forward. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll come up with something else. Who knows? So, let's move on and... I will recite the quote for this week. And I think I'll do a little something different with this quote because there's a portion of the quote that I like and is very pertinent. And then it comes out of a longer quote. So I'm going to say the portion that's pertinent first. And then I'll say the entire quote. And then maybe repeat that portion again. So. This is the portion, and it comes from Epictetus, Stoic philosopher, who I've quoted many times before. And the quote is, It is the action of an uninstructed person to reproach others for his own misfortunes, of one entering upon instruction to reproach himself, and of one perfectly instructed to reproach either neither... Oh, I'm sorry. To... Uh, shoot. Okay, I'm going to start over. That's a hard quote to read. Yeah, because it, 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 all, it does make more sense with the whole quote, but here we go again. It is the action of an uninstructed person to reproach others for his own misfortunes, of one entering upon instruction to reproach himself, and of one perfectly instructed to reproach neither others or himself. Okay, so here's the entire quote that also includes that portion. Men are disturbed not by things, but by the views which they take of things. Thus, death is nothing terrible, else it would have appeared so to Socrates. But the terror consists in our notion of death, that it is terrible. When, therefore, we are hindered or disturbed or grieved, let us never impute it to others, but to ourselves that is, to our own views. It is the action of an uninstructed person to reproach others for his own misfortunes, of one entering upon instruction to reproach himself, and of one perfectly instructed to reproach neither others or himself. So, does that make a little more sense with the whole quote? Yeah, it made sense with just the portion I was saying, yeah. that it was hard to read because of the actual words that are in it. True, true. <laughs> like that that it's actually hard to yeah. speak. 
And the way that they translate these quotes is Mm -hmm. a little herky-jerky as well. It's not like (laughs) smooth, grammatically well-constructed. Not that that last sentence I just said was even (laughs) well-constructed. Oh, man, I can't talk today. So I get why you took the death part out and made that less important. But Mm -hmm. I think that if you um, pose that part of the quote, as mm. not necessarily about death itself, like a, a physical death, but more about um, transformation and mm. about um, things changing. Ooh, and, nice. you know, death as it occurs as a cycle every day, all day, things end. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a death. So you can think of that, that part of the quote more as something ending uh-huh. and, um, and not being afraid of that. Right. Yeah, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. And the the quote in general stood out to me because, of course, it relates to complex systems and integration, which I tried to articulate last week. But, <laughs> and actually, you know, I just listened back to that episode before starting this one, and I feel like I did a better job than I thought I did in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's a typical reaction mm-hmm. anyway. I, you know, I'm more self-critical during the moment or immediately afterwards. But yeah, reflecting back and listening back, I, I'm pretty pleased with how it came out. And I've continued along that same line of thinking with my vast awareness framework. And I've been evolving it over the past week. And I thought I was going to talk a little more about it and elaborate upon it today, but something threw a wrench, another thought threw a wrench into it this morning, right before I started and as I was going through my morning routine, but well, (laughs) screw it. Let's lean into it. So I... What threw a wrench into it was my vectors or spectrums of the vector between diversity and conformity Mm -hmm. and the vector between individualism and collectivism. Okay. Because obviously those two are related in terms of relating the human system to the super system. So, in terms of diversity, you know, last week I was talking about how uh, society is more healthy the more diverse it is, or any Mm -hmm. economy or ecology is more healthy the more diverse it is. And yet, so this is kind of what threw the wrench into my thinking is that there is a conflict between diversity and collectivism or there could be a conflict or you know you could perceive a conflict and i'm so i was going through a thought process of working that conflict out because i was kind of relating diversity and conformity to 
individuality and collectivism where diversity was to individuality as conformity was to collectivism. But the thing is, those vectors aren't perfectly s- related or synchronized or they don't, they're, they're different vectors. Mm-hmm. So those characteristics of those vectors, the, those spectrums are not exactly related. I mean, you could relate them like I just did, but there's also differences because it's just, it's just something totally different. So you can still be diverse and collective mm-hmm. and you can still be, you can still conform and be individualistic. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what was throwing a wrench into my model or framework. But yeah, I mean, now, even just now, as I'm talking about it, I realize that they're just different vectors and I don't need to relate them. Or I mean, if I do relate them, there are still differences to be pointed out. So yeah, I, that was all. I don't know. I just got, <laughs> I just worked my way through that. So nice. that was cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going to leave it at that for now because I'm still thinking about a lot of stuff and I will just mention an extension of my vast awareness framework that I I'm calling fast, fast reasoning. So it's related and maybe next week I'll be ready to talk about it. All right. Can look forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get into our progress with podcasting. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and start and say that we are using some new gear today. Mm And well, more specifically, Pam is using some new gear and I don't even know if Pam knows what it is or what it does. No idea what it looks like a, like a router. (laughs) (laughs) So we got yet another preamp for Pam's mic and she's been using the Shure SM7B, which is a very popular broadcast in even vocal uh, music microphone. The original SM7 was used by Michael Jackson in Thriller and a lot of music artists and the SM7B is being used by Joe Rogan and lots of popular podcasts. It's one of the most commonly recommended mics and it sounds really great but the issue with it is that it's really quiet so you need a lot of equipment to pump up the gain so that we can hear Pam more clearly and there's equipment that can raise gain like preamps and audio interfaces but some of those have loud preamps and so as you raise the gain the noise floor also goes up and so you get more of that noise and that static noise or electric noise if you have some feedback or electricity going through um, whatever electrical noise that's going through your signal chain. So we've been using a FetHead inline preamp. So Pam's been using that with the mic for the past few months, actually. Mm-hmm. And it helped with the game, but I'm still... so. With my mic, 
I'm using a condenser mic, the Neat King B, with the Motu M4 audio interface, and I'm getting really clean vocal signal through my signal chain and all my gear. So I'm trying to get PAMs to my level because I'm almost not like I can, I would be comfortable not post-processing my vocal at all, even though I do. And it, it, it is improved when I do, but at this point, the quality that's coming out of my signal chain is really good. Like I'm really pleased with it and I'd be fine with just publishing this raw audio feed. So I'm trying to get PAMs close to that level. So as someone who knows absolutely nothing about all of this equipment, mm -hmm. we did a lot of testing on mics and settled on the SMB7 because my voice on its own sounded the best mm -hmm. with this mic out of the seven or eight that we tested, right? Right. So is it worthwhile to get this mic that my voice sounds the best with and then have to layer on these two preamps and do all of this stuff to make it clean or would it have like in hindsight now been better to pick one like the king b that you're using that has a cleaner sound and then adjust how my voice sounds yeah or those are all great questions and those are all going to be kind of individual and it's going to be it's going to come down to personal preference and maybe a couple other things you know like you mentioned all the you know we have to add additional equipment but the thing is your voice didn't sound as good as on on the king b mm -hmm. and your room treatment is also different so the room that i'm in is pretty well treated mm -hmm. and so i can use the king b which is a condenser mic and a lot more sensitive Right. And it would pick up a lot more noise if the room wasn't treated as well. So in your situation, it probably wouldn't work as well. And so, yeah, there's a lot of different things to consider and there's so many variables. So it's difficult to recommend a specific, a specific gear bundle or whatnot a specific or, setup yeah or a specific strategy for your sound or your yeah equipment. yeah and there's a lot of testing and you know the more it, it what i'm finding out is that you got, you have to like train your ear and it just comes down to repetition and experience and knowing what you want and figuring out how to get there so I would I, never have a podcast if it wasn't for you because <laughs> I would just go, nope, not interested in all that. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure I, there's a lot of podcasts out there that probably don't go through all this stuff and aren't as concerned about the audio quality. And, you know, most listeners may not even hear a lot of the differences. Mm. And like we were talking about before, with form and function, you know, the function of a podcast is the content and the message and the form is the quality and how it comes out and how you hear it. So, you know, there's has to be a balance between the form and function. And so, yeah, I, you know, in this sense, I've been pretty 
cognizant or pretty I, i've been diving deep into the form but yeah you know it's it, it, it's individual it comes down to personal preference and yeah there's just so much and what it is it would be useful because the sm7b is so popular and a lot of people just buy it because you know people recommend it and then they find out that it doesn't sound as good or you know they can't get good audio out of it and it's because it's so quiet and you need a lot of boosting to the game to get quality audio out of it so it, it's something to consider it's definitely something you want to consider when you're getting the sm7b so the second preamp that we have is the PreSonus Tube Pro V2. Is that right? Tube Pre. Tube Pre. PreSonus Tube Pre V2 version 2. Okay. And it gives us, I think, about 80 decibels of gain. Uh, we don't pump it up that high because we obviously do gain staging and all that stuff. And I don't know if that's obvious, I guess, but <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what I was doing when I was testing out the levels. Okay. So yeah, I'll put a link to gain staging. Uh, that's a bit much to get into right now, but yeah. So that's what's going on right now with our audio quality and stuff like that. And Pam, you want to talk about not bad advice, anything new going on with that? Um, it's getting good reception so far. And it, uh, you know, we recorded those episodes back in the middle of 2020 and didn't really have a plan for specifically when they would get launched because mm -hmm. CK was learning about how to do all the audio editing and music production and everything that went into it. So we kind of launched when it was ready. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, we didn't have a launch date planned. It wasn't, it wasn't anything specific like that. And yet all of the episodes are lining up perfectly with the week that they come out yeah. so uh, that's been really really fun to watch and um, just see that that the information that we put together uh, came out exactly when it needed to come out so um, yeah really excited about that <laughs> and looking forward to um, getting into our money episodes in about another month and a half yeah <laughs> cool yeah so on my end with producing not bad advice, I have been kind of, I'm not sure what's going on, but like I've been trying to bank an episode a week ahead and I end up, I still end up not finishing it completely until like the day before the episode's supposed to come out. So I'm still working on that and trying to bank an episode. So I'm ahead right now by about a half. <laughs> so I'll, I'll still need to get that done. And so hopefully, I'm hope, hoping this coming week I'll be able to bank one and ha you know not have to worry about the timing or the deadline as much. And with practice with this podcast, uh, it's you know it's been pretty smooth. I've been able to publish the next day. And so now I think, you know, as I was saying with my audio quality, I don't have to do as much post-processing with it. And now with Pam's new preamp, hopefully I won't have to do as much with hers. So I'm going to try to 
process it as fast as possible and get it out the same day. So that's my goal for that. And on that note, we listened back to last week's session in the car yesterday. And that's always an interesting listening session for me because the car, the audio quality in the car is always different. But at the same time, I feel like that is like the, like I want to aim to get good audio quality in a car. And that will be my base for audio quality everywhere else. Like that's like my target is the car because like right now through my studio monitors and also through my Bluetooth earphones, uh, earbuds that I use when I listen to podcasts in general and also through my studio headphones, I feel like the audio for practice sounds great. And then we get in the car and the last episode sounded bright. Like I, I think I added a little too much brightness to it. I've uh, been trying to get that NPR type of sound quality. <laughs> so, yeah, I think like the listening in the car is like that lowest common de- denominator, denominator per se. It will be in like a year when people are in their cars again. True, true, true. <laughs> You've got but time. at the same time, like what I'm thinking is if it sounds good in the car, it'll sound good everywhere else. Sure. So, I mean, the thing is, you know, the more places or the more different sources that you can listen to the audio from, the better in terms of judging your quality and trying to determine your mix and trying to relate how that compares to how it sounds out of your monitors is the best strategy, you know, trying to get that reference from all different sources. So right now for me, I'm kind of concerned with the car audio quality. So that's where I'm at with that. (laughs) All right. All right. So moving on, let's move on to the weekly force cast. And this will be the Podspo portion of the weekly force cast where we recommend podcasts that stood out to us over the past week. And for me, this one's pretty easy. And I knew this was going to be one of the first podcasts that I'm, I would recommend. And that is TED Talks. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know like the exact title. I think it's TED Talks Daily. And that one, as the title says, comes out every day or almost every day. I I think on the weekends, they take a break and sometimes they don't have any. So most days of the week, there's a TED Talk daily that comes out. And it's a lot of these are TED Talks that are online in video and they just redo it in podcast format or just put out the audio in podcast format. And they last anywhere from five to 15 or 20 minutes. And I, I've listened to probably 99% of all TED Talks. So I personally love the content and all the material that comes out of that. And so I would definitely recommend TED Talks daily. And now that I'm saying it, I don't even, re- uh, I can't even recall the episode that in- enticed me to do this. 
But on that note, there, Ted also has a lot of different, a lot of other podcasts. Uh, one of them is the Ted Radio Hour, where they take a specific topic or category and kind of combine excerpts from multiple TED Talks under that same category and talk about it and kind of moderate over it for about an hour. And then there's also the TED interview where they may take a TED talk and interview a speaker and go into more depth and ask questions about the subject. So yeah, TED Talks, all the TED Talks podcasts I would recommend. And TED Talks Daily is a good one because it's shorter and lots of different subjects you can learn about. So, Pam, do you have any recommendations for this week? I do. So one of my favorite podcasts is 99% Invisible. Hmm. And they do stories that are about, you know, everyday things that are are around you, but that you never think about. (laughs) And at the end of every year, they do an episode or two that are mini stories that they couldn't flesh out into full episodes. So they'll do four or five short little stories in one episode. And mm-hmm. one of the stories on the the last episode was about something that everybody has probably heard, which is this like joke about the space program, which is that in the 80s, you know, NASA spent millions of dollars trying to make a pen that would write in space. Mm-hmm. And the Russians just used a pencil. <laughs> It's like this snide little um, commentary on like the U.S. government and wasted money and all that. Uh But you can't use a pencil in space. (laughs) You can't sharpen it because you'll have little shards of wood floating around. Like there's Uh all kinds of problems with using a pencil in space. So they actually then go into the story about how the anti-gravity pen was created by an individual, not the government. Hmm. And then he sold it to the government for use in space and how it actually was something that you need. So it's a really great um, shift in perspective about how it's really easy to judge something that you know absolutely nothing about. Right. And once you learn about it, you learn that it's actually nothing like what you thought. Yeah, interesting. I like that. Uh, that also goes into complex systems and <laughs> illusion of explanatory depth. So, yeah, I, I'm also a fan of 99% Invisible. I don't listen to it very often. I don't listen to all of them because there's just so many <laughs> podcasts to listen to. But that is definitely one that I'm subscribed to and I listen to every once in a while and I enjoy. So. <laughs> Great recommendation. Thanks. All right, moving on to the next part of the weekly force cast. And this is Lynchpinspo, where (laughs) Pam provides some inspiration from the planets or the stars or the cards. So today I wanted to um, bring in what we spoke about last week with Mercury going into its retrograde period in February and tie that in with a tarot card. So this is a a card that I pulled this morning and it's the tower card. And the, the visual representation is of a tower, you know, basically in destruction, burning down. There's a person falling out of it. It looks like a very, very traumatic card. So the idea that I want to convey here is that the structures that support our life are all relationships. They are our relationships with others and our relationship to ourself. They create the foundation that everything else is built on. 
Mm-hmm. And those relationships are always changing. They're either getting stronger or breaking down. They're never stagnant. So being conscious and mindful of this gives you the awareness to reinforce the structures that make you more stable and either repair or replace those that don't. Mm-hmm. The alternative is to build your life on a cracked foundation, which will always result in instability and problems when you try to build more onto that broken foundation. So as we're heading into a Mercury retrograde period in the first half of February, with Mercury being the planet of information exchange, so thoughts and communication, when it's retrograde, it's a time to review and consider your thoughts, which are your relationship to yourself, Mm-hmm. and your communication, which is your relationship to others. So use the next few weeks to consider what aspects of your relationship to yourself need to be repaired or where you need to communicate to repair a relationship so that you can be ready to move forward again when Mercury comes out of retrograde in mid-February so you can build on stable structures. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And it's loosely related to our quote for the week. Yep, it is. So, yeah, that worked out pretty well. (laughs) So, that looks like it's it for this week. Do you have anything else that you want to say? Nope, I'm good. All right, we'll wrap it up there then. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Pam, for joining as always. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, where I am at Pamela underscore Lund. And you can find me on Twitter at CKDisco. And we'll end it there for this week. So I hope you all come back next week and keep on practicing. Toodaloo! Hi, I'm Pamela Lund. And I'm CK Chung. And we're the hosts of Not Bad Advice, a show about universally good life advice that you can use right away no matter who you are. On Not Bad Advice, we take one aspect of life and show you how to look at it with a new perspective so you can make meaningful change wherever you need it. Want to build healthier habits? Or feel more confident? Or worry less? Or get better with money? We've got you covered. One of the most beneficial things you can do, just in general in life, is to get curious about yourself. We spend a lot of time judging and criticizing ourselves, but we don't spend enough time neutrally observing how we think and feel and why we think and feel those ways. You might be able to punish yourself into achieving a goal, and you might be able to find a shortcut that will get you there faster. But if the thing you're trying to achieve is something that you'll need to sustain long-term, suffering and shortcuts will both sabotage your success. There's a smarter way to achieve sustainable results that will make you happier and healthier at the same time. Money is just not transactional like we're taught. It is deeply personal. And a key step in taking control of your financial future is uncovering how money makes you feel, why it makes you feel that way, and how to feel the way you want instead. You have much bigger and better things to do with your resources. And the more that you believe that, and the more mindful that you can be, the more you can train your brain to let go of the things that are out of your control. 
And this need for control will never go away, no matter how much you work at it. But having the awareness that this kind of anxiety spiral is actually an attempt for you to feel in control can help you step out of it. transition to the part of the show where I shuffle a deck of oracle cards and pull a card to see how that card can relate to what we talked about today. I like doing this because it gives me a visual to associate with the topic and when I have a visual it makes it easier to remember the perspective and integrate it into my day. So let's see what the nocturnal oracle deck has to offer as a visual for being kinder to ourselves as we develop new of us as the friends who always give you good practical advice when you need it subscribe to not bad advice wherever you get podcasts and visit forcesofequal.com slash not bad advice for more information 